Welcome back to the Marvel Movie Minute, a daily podcast in which we assemble to explore the films of the Marvel Cinematic Universe one minute at a time. In this, our sixth season, we are looking at the Avengers. I'm Andy Nelson from the Next Real Film Podcast. And I'm Pete Wright, and Maglev is in English. Oh, look at that. Today, we're talking about Minute 79, which begins with Tony's tech jargon and ends with Hulk failing to pick up Mjolnir. Back on the show, we have Jason Dittmer. Hello, Jason. Hello, everybody. Real rabble rouser. That's what we got here. <laughs> yes. Real trouble. Well, especially when it comes to all this uh, science between Steve and Tony. Uh, this is this point where we get a lot of science-y talk from Tony. The stator control unit can reverse the polarity long enough to disengage maglev. Ah, oh, isn't it beautiful? So, all right. Are we going to talk about this? I feel like we need to. What is the maglev system driving? Well, they don't define that, of course. But is yeah, that I, is that, so where are the I'm, my assumption is I kind of build this thing in my head is that the magnets are somehow propelling the, out of the exterior of the blades, like moving them around. Because you wouldn't would you put the magnets somehow in the center of the rotor? I don't think that's how that would work. Uh, my guess, got, listen to me standing up for the science of the shows, this is, or the movies, this is, <laughs> right. somebody write down the date, um, you know, that the maglev is on the ring around the rotor. Yeah, that's and that what I was, They kind of yeah. turn them all on and, and to, to push them around. That's kind of was my assumption, kind of like kind of when you have like the maglev trains or something, you know, the magnets uh, on those tracks, the polarity of the magnets moves and it kind of propels the train along the tracks and that was kind of my sense of the maglev how it engages these rotors and i think it's two rotors working in tandem that we uh you know will get a better look at when tony ends up kind of sandwiched between them in a few minutes yeah the way that he's talking is the the, the stator which is the stationary part of the system. And so what he is wanting to do here with this motor is to get the stator to change the polarity to kind of force the rotors to spin slower so that he can slip out. Yes. Okay. And so when he, when Steve says speak English, uh, which is really just can you say that in less sciencey words? Mm-hmm. I guess it all boils down to the red lever and I just I guess I wonder why is it that they've built a red lever into the yes. system. That's my question. That's my question. Like, because there were, there were two things that could possibly go wrong with a red lever. One is, I guess, it could slow down the maglev. But the other is, like, you, if you pull that red lever, like, at what point does the rotor just start falling apart to pieces? <laughs> I have this image of the blades just all coming out uh, of the whole thing, which is uh, would be an extraordinary uh, bit of uh, failure. So, I, I it seems like a strange thing to put behind a red lever, and I'm I guess I'm okay with it because Steve manages to show uh, uh, to sort of save the day, which he needs to do, but kind of he also doesn't, which I guess we'll talk about uh, maybe shortly. Can I just say, I think the, the, the real problem here is you have like the, the equivalent of a Tesla, right? Where the, everything is in a black box. Everything is computer controlled and highly sophisticated. And then you have this big 20th century lever, <laughs> you know, like, like where on the Tesla do you see the, right is the, the emergency handle that, you know, could does something. Um, right. You know, they don't even have, you know, doorknobs on the uh, yeah. Tesla. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> 
the whole thing is designed so weirdly uh, in in a scripted way to make when after Steve has his line speak English to give Tony something simple to say, right? And it, it ends up feeling like, well, we need to dumb it down so much that it, it just boils down to flipping a lever. And it, it ends up coming across that way where it's like, uh, okay, we're just going to put this red lever here because that's the physical version of, of, you know, breaking down the science of what Tony's trying to say. And I just feel like, Okay, I get it. It's here for a joke, but at the same time, it ends up not really making a lot of sense when you really think about it. Yeah, let's just put this this giant red lever here on the wall. I mean, it's not small. It is a big red lever that uh, Steve has to pull to do all of this, and it does make it seem like, eh, okay, this is just here for a joke. It it actually renders the disengaging of the maglev system the equivalent of like bleeding the pipes to your house. Like it's really a dumb <laughs> lever. It's not even a well-designed sort of lever in terms of, you know, lever judgment. I've seen better levers. I've, I've seen, seen better. better levers. Let's just say there are better levers. Mm-hmm. Is, there a, is there a school of like a lever judgment? It's, that it's we actually, need to be more aware of? It's, a, it's, a, it's a two-part series of classes that you go through when you go through the shield pipe program. Yeah. <laughs> you come out as a certified lever lover. <laughs> <laughs> What I think is really funny yeah. about this lever that we end up putting on the wall here, I, I don't understand it. We get a shot of Steve looking at it around, I don't know, 15 seconds into this minute. And it's this red lever that looks like it only goes a quarter turn. And it's got uh, it's got several levels of marks that kind of go along with it. The first set is just pretty even as far as like, I don't know, every, I don't know, one degree or so. I don't know how often that would be. Then you have a second set, the next set out. It goes from two marks uh, to three marks and then back to two marks. So I'm not exactly sure what that is supposed to represent. The last set of marks is it goes from thin lines all the way to thick lines, which I guess makes sense as far as a power marking. But otherwise, I'm like, I don't understand. Like, this must be something you really have to learn and understand in lever school because... Like the the layers of these markings really doesn't end up making any sense to me as I look at it. Like, what am I supposed to get out of this? No, it doesn't, especially because the description of what, you know, Tony says alongside of the lever lever is that it will slow down the the thing long enough, which implies to me that the quarter turn is like on some sort of a timer and that it will slowly like an old school kitchen timer, you know, it'll go tick, 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 ding you know, and it'll get back to its regular set, which is a, 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 like it, you know, levels up the dumb on this lever. Like, I don't understand the function of the lever and this doesn't make it any better. Um, like Tony's translating it to to quote English. Just like to imagine the set design guy who's listening to this podcast and just crying because he spent <laughs> like <laughs> two afternoons making it. And he's like, I don't like my lever. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's I think that's actually like I no disrespect to lever lever lovers everywhere. I think the problem that I have is and and the reason I I feel like digging into it a little bit is I think it's it's a joke that is not made for me, right? Like it's a gag. It's a gag that is that that I just don't think plays. Uh, like it's a physical gag to diminish Steve in Tony's eyes as somebody who's incapable of doing this without the most rudimentary of instruction. And it boils down all of Steve's ignorance 
in the form of a lever. And I think that is made as a joke. And I don't think it plays very well. That That is the whole point. To, that I want to make. I think you may be giving it too much credit as a joke. I mean, I think I think it's like the existential dilemma of all superhero films, which is you try to tell a story that has any level of complexity, but it always has to come down to something physical that can be surmounted and or punched or in yeah. this case pulled. Yeah. 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 Okay. But how does it play with uh, with Steve? Uh, you know, th- as somebody who's kind of done some more studying of Steve specifically in your in your uh, <laughs> uh, research for your book, <laughs> my understanding of Steve is that when he was injected with the super soldier serum, it increased a lot of uh, things within his body, including his his smarts and his intelligence and his uh, strategic mind, all of that sort of stuff. Is there a level that kind of dumbing it down so much for Steve, the way that we're doing here, is actually working against the idea of where Steve should be as far as a superhero? I I don't think there's um, – God, someone's going to call me out on being wrong here. But I don't think there was ever any evidence that it increased his intelligence or anything like that. I think it's purely his body. Um, certain other, but it's all aspects of his body, endurance, uh, healing capability a little bit, that kind of thing. Uh, I think the strategic mind, so to speak, is, is a kind of, uh, reflection of his military experience, which, of course, makes no sense when you consider how short the war was compared to his subsequent career, that somehow he's uh, a mastermind no other superhero could ever match. Um, but uh, <laughs> right. but I think it is a kind of deification of his military experience um, that he's kind of thinks tactically in that in that way. So, no, I mean, I, I kind of think, um, you know, he's never one of the big, you know, there's a ton of scientists in the Marvel universe, uh, way overrepresented, uh, in, in my experience, <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> but he's not one of them. You know, he really is. A, he, he needs someone to tell him what to do. And I think, I, I think that I, I buy that bit in the film. Okay. Well, and then maybe that was just my misunderstanding of, of what, where all of this was like what it brought for him. So maybe, maybe, yeah, that's, that makes more sense then. I mean, it's not dumb. I want to be, be clear. No, sure, you know? sure. <laughs> but he's he's normal, smart, uh, you know, supernatural moral compass. I think is a good way of putting it. Gotcha. I do think that's important to remember, though, that the duration of his military career was brief. Yeah, and that that you know, it's it's okay for him not to have seen all the levers in his limited experience. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, when you think about mid 20th century, you know, levers, you know, you think like rusty, creaky. He's probably never <laughs> seen a sleek shield engineered. Right. With, and who are we kidding? It was probably a, a turny thing anyway when he saw it. It was a dial of some sort. Yeah. 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 Oh, oh, God. That was the worst. <laughs> Uh, we do have another example here of Steve and his acrobatics in the in the bowels of a damaged ship over open sky again. Uh, I question his judgment, but Pete, I just have to keep thinking of uh, of him as just another monkey in the tree. Uh, Doesn't he's that help his you? natural environment here? It really does. It really yeah. does. That yeah, there's no there's no fear about any of this. There's no fear. It's okay. He'll be yeah. fine because he's going to go back home and live in the canopy. Well, I would I would make a different argument, which is that Steve loves New Jersey. Uh, <laughs> he's motivated. Uh, he was he was at the uh, camp there in the military. Uh, mm-hmm. He has New Jersey connections, and so he probably, unlike Tony, really cares about the people and wants to make sure this device doesn't fall. And he's willing to risk his life to save 
the fine, and in case they're listening, upstanding citizenry of New Jersey. <laughs> That's exactly right. Absolutely. That's exactly right. We're we also live for the Garden State. Yeah. Here, here, yeah. here, here. Mm-hmm. Um, we do cut on action and we come back down into the lower docking area where we find Thor getting thrown through. I don't know. It looks like a giant stack of pelican cases is kind of what it looks like. Um, and, and he gets up. Uh, what I like about this shot of him, it's a close up shot of as he w- wipes some blood from his nose and then smiles is that the shot actually starts out as kind of a, a Dutch angle a little bit. And I don't know if that's a nod to kind of the Brana touch that Brana lent so much to the Thor film, but it's a little bit of a Dutch angle on Thor that kind of then levels itself out as Thor looks for, uh, Hulk and uh, looks at the blood and smiles and all that sort of stuff. It's a, it's a fun little shot. This is also where he calls Mjolnir. We also get the return of the ballet hippo Hulk here because he's very quiet. I don't know why Hulk doesn't come through the smashed uh, crates that he just threw Thor through, but through Thor through, I guess that makes sense. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't expect the level of challenge to hit. (laughs) Hit you quite that way. Yeah, It was a very Dr. Seuss moment I just had there. But he calls Mjolnir, and I guess I guess Hulk decides to kind of tiptoe around to the side to come back in from another angle at Thor uh, to give Thor enough time to get Mjolnir and call him through. Who knows where he had left his hammer? Uh, but clearly, Thor has as little regard for the ship as Tony, as Bruce, because he doesn't care. He just calls Mjolnir, which tears a giant hole through the ship, ending up in his hand just in time to hit Hulk. I think we should get a Marvel one shot about the guy who was just walking down the, the aisle in or the, the gangway or whatever you call it on a ship. And then just Mjolnir rips through the wall and whacks him on its way. And he never even appears in the movies, but his life is unendingly altered forever by the injuries caused. Well, yeah, because the rest the rest of the show is essentially just a battle with the insurance companies because <laughs> S.H.I.E.L.D. has terrible coverage. It's absolutely true. Absolutely it boils, true. Yeah, it's like the start of The Incredibles, right? It's that little yeah. guy who's injured <laughs> injured by the supers. And now that he's was the guy. Them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> perfect. Uh, okay, so, so Thor and Mjolnir, um, again, why didn't he bring it from the start? But again, it's because this moment is cool. Well, that's what we have, right? This is, we like seeing Thor call his hammer, right? That's really what we're mm-hmm. getting here. Yep. Mm-hmm. What do you think of the use of the rack focus? We've seen it a couple times, uh, the, prominently when we have Natasha in Kolkata, when she pulls the gun on Bruce and the camera racks to the tip of her gun, uh, putting her out of focus. And then there was another time of Loki when he's, um, walking in the hall. It's not a rack focus, but it's a very shallow focus, and he walks into focus. We're getting a nice rack focus here as as it racks. I mean, the use of this camera trick, it's not really a trick, but this camera uh, tool Fun- to kind of change, yeah, <laughs> function of changing focus. I mean, how do, does it play? Do we need to do this? What is it giving us by having us kind of do this rack focus from Thor uh, to his hand as he ex- reaches out? I think it just looks good. I mean, could it be? I don't know that there's necessarily any other purpose to it than it just, I do think it looks good. I have a different problem with this sequence, which I will lob soon. Well, so I, I'm wondering if I'm going to where Pete's going here, but uh, I wonder if it's because you have to visually, you know, like the question is, how does Thor call Mjolnir, right? So 
you know, visually you get a little twitch of the hand and a kind of, you know, like he's, like he's inviting me all near to dance. Uh, you know, please join me on the dance floor. And, <laughs> and somehow this mystical connection across, you know, so much distance, uh, Mjolnir knows to come. I, I would argue, you know, it's subtle. It's, uh, the, the, the camera technique you're describing works to call attention to the subtlety of it. You know, but I wonder if, if, again, if they had gone for something slightly more realistic, maybe, maybe make him whistle for it, like, like it's a horse coming <laughs> or maybe to actually call out its name. I mean, that would have been, you know, just so everyone knows what's going on. Um, the way you might call for your dog to come in after it's been running in the backyard. You know, I think there's a, a dose of realism could have gone a long way here. I mean, you were a fan of the comics. How would that <laughs> normally be treated with in the comics when Thor would call Mjolnir? I mean, he does just reach out. But that begs the question, like, if he reaches out to shake someone's hand, does Mjolnir get confused <laughs> and come and smash the person he's trying to shake hands with? I mean, it's the subtlety of it is is perhaps its own undoing. I mean... Um, per- perhaps by the time we get to Thor Love and Thunder and we have the confusion between a uh, hammer and axe as the, <laughs> I, I don't know, suddenly it's way too personified. Maybe by that point, yeah, we're definitely getting a confused Mjolnir. Wait, do I come now? Is that, is that me? You're looking at me? It's that whole thing. Who? 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 Are you trying to shake his hand or do you want me to chop his hands off? (laughs) Right. Should I go through him? I think a a more intentional gesture would probably go a long way to to breaking down some of this confusion. Oh, my goodness. I I didn't know that that was the problem that I would end up having with the sequence (laughs) until you guys began litigating it so thoroughly. Uh, You were going somewhere else, Pete. You were going somewhere else. I beg your pardon, please. No, not at all. I now have that problem, too. And I think it raises an additional question. When you think about it at this level, does it ever make you second guess your own fandom of Thor as a young person? Oh, no. No, never look back. uh, Never look back. My my bigger issue is that everything slows down for this set of, I think, three shots. Everything slows down to the point where when it pulls back to the wide shot and Hulk is running toward him, I it it feels like where was Hulk when he was kneeling and calling Mjolnir? Shouldn't Hulk have been, you know, smacking him around some more? Yeah, it feels like like it just not. I I don't know if (laughs) I guess like turned rules were in play. And he hadn't rolled his D twenty yet, so um, I, uh, he lost I that's the that's right. He, I, that's the part I struggle with more than anything. I just feel like blocking the sequence is, is, is it falls out of uh, out of the scene reality because they took a breath to do this weird rack focus that I mm-hmm. don't know that we needed. We already know how he calls Mjolnir. We've had movies of it. We've seen him do it in this movie already like we didn't need the delicate like cutaway to his fingertips so that's my problem with it yeah because because when we do cut to that wide hulk is already around the corner like he'd already right. done his tiptoeing to the point where oh he there he is i guess i don't need to tiptoe anymore yeah <laughs> and so he charges and then the whole thing plays you know i mean it's it's a fine shot it works nicely we do get a speed ramp as thor hits hulk in the face and uh, kind of the speed ramp which is cool everything slows down yeah as as hulk goes yeah. flying back into the, it, into the plane absolutely love it yeah no it's it's a it's a great shot it really plays well 
and 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 uh, you know there are there are actually shot after shot. Once we get through Tiptoe Hulk, he the speed ramp for the hammer is fantastic. He he throws him into I guess what is that a Harrier jet or something? He throws yeah, him into a, a jet. Hair, yeah. Yeah, and then he rips a Hulk rips off the the wing and uh, hucks it at Thor, and Thor does the uh, I don't know, wasn't that where where's the last most dramatic use of this? I'm on my knees sliding, and the thing is going over my face that we get uh, Thor doing here, like face off or something. I mean, it was Salt it had to be a John yeah, Woo movie, right? Yeah, like <laughs> it's just an awesome, awesome like action shot, and I. I Everything about it, I think, looks great. And then it, like, chops off the top of that Jeep. I, I just think this is a very well-architected set of shots, all leading to, again, another great physical joke. Hulk is pinned to the to the deck by Mjolnir, and that is what I wanted to see, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. Like, I do wonder why can't, you know, why can't he just rip up the floor and you know, I, I don't know. That's always a thing we talk about. But he, he's not he's not pinned to the floor. He's just specifically trying to pick Mjolnir up like he can slide his hand out, but he wants to get it to throw. So I think that's why he does what he does there. Yeah. But uh, yeah, but to that end, it, it leads to kind of the the end of it. I, I do love that moment as Thor throws Mjolnir at him. Uh, the fact that Hulk grabs it is a great surprise. You know, you weren't expecting that. Um and uh, yeah, it just kind of builds to this this uh, this final moment here. I, I think I do like. I, I certainly have debated about you know this Hulk that we have in this particular film, who is not one who changes size when he gets angrier, because he certainly gets angrier uh, in the last scene and this scene. Like we kind of keep seeing him stepping up his anger, uh, but he doesn't change size. He, he's they decided this Hulk will always stay this same size. He's not going to grow. Um, is that something that either of you think about with this Hulk, or does it really um, does do you prefer that he doesn't change size? I I don't think I've ever thought about it in this in in the MCU. I think he grows to exactly the size of the aircraft carrier cavern <laughs> that he's inhabiting. So he's <laughs> don't we all, Jason? Don't we all? <laughs> he's uh, he's the, the right size for the set, and that's how it's going to work. And that's what we get. Yeah. <laughs> It plays well, and it, it you know it builds to the the end when we get Thor leaping at him. You know, I there are some cuts of action that we have toward the end of this minute, and certainly at the beginning of the next minute, where I don't think they. I, I think they were struggling figuring out how to construct it because obviously they're shooting Chris Hemsworth on set here, and maybe they have that that thing where Mark Ruffalo has kind of the big green head on top of him and he's kind of standing there. Um, I'm not exactly sure um, when they started really working with that. Regardless, some of the shot construction doesn't work quite as well yet in some of these action sequences when Thor is fighting Hulk. Like he jumps up and knees him in the face. It looks a little funky. And then he's going to grab Mjolnir here and and he'll put him in a chokehold in the next minute, which is uh, more where I struggle. but. Um, that pretty much brings us to the end of this minute. Any last thoughts about minute 79? It's outstanding, and I just can't wait to see where 80 takes us. <laughs> <laughs> we got to level up. Oh, absolutely. Definitely need that. Well, this is a good place to wrap things up then. So, um, uh, Jason, thank you again so much uh, for joining us here to talk about this minute. Thank you all very much. Um, I know you've been plugging your book all week, um, but hey, why not plug it one more time? 
I'll be honest with you, I've been plugging it for 10 years. And <laughs> so <laughs> you just... didn't just start on your guest appearances on the Marvel yeah, movie. No. It's all I talk might... about. My family is so sick of it. And, and I still give them a copy of it every year for Flag Day. <laughs> <laughs> they, they have ten, 10 copies each. That's awesome. Um, That's okay. No, it's, uh, it's a book about uh, nationalist superheroes, which are superheroes that are connected to different countries. And it, it traces the genre from the U.S. to Canada and to the U.K. But it's mostly about Captain America, if I'm being honest, um, because he is the earliest and best of the uh it's not literally the earliest but he's the the first one to go really big yeah and uh it's uh available absolutely uh i believe on your website but also through amazon and uh anyone else who collects relatively obscure books <laughs> well on that cell Make sure you go pick up your copy. <laughs> I don't think you should be selling yourself so short, relatively obscure. <laughs> I've been, I mean, I told you, I've been, you know, uh, pitching it for 10 years. I'm running out of enthusiasm. <laughs> <laughs> You've just given up. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's great. I'm actually really proud of it. But um, yeah, it's, uh, uh, it's, it's difficult to find. I think it's a safe thing to say. So follow the link that uh, Andy's about to tell you about. That's right. It is in our show notes. So just check the show notes. You can click on it. It'll take you right to the website where you can get your copy. Or if you don't see the link in your show notes on your podcatcher, just go to our website, marvelmovieminute.com, and you can get it there. Thank you. That's it. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. (laughs) Uh, That's it for today. We'll be back tomorrow with Jason one last time to talk about Minute 80. So, uh, Pete, thanks as always. If you've been wondering what Maria Hill has been doing this whole time, wonder no further, friends. <laughs> wonder no further. Until uh, next time, true believers. Marvel Movie Minute is a production of True Story FM, engineering by Andy Nelson. This season's music is Message to the World by Anthony Vega, and this season's show art is by Winston Yabo. Find the show at truestory.fm. If your podcast app allows ratings and reviews, please consider doing that for our show.